All right. Well, good evening, everybody. How are we feeling tonight? Good, good. Well, hey, welcome to Genesis. My name is Mike, and at Genesis, we believe in having open doors and open hearts. And so I hope that when you walked in tonight that you felt welcomed, and I also hope that you came uh, with an open heart because we have prayed and prepared for you. And so we are glad that you're here. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you a story as y'all are making your way in. My, my first semester of college, I, I took a public speaking class. Anybody taken a public speaking class before? Okay, I figured like, yeah, a good, minute, good amount of people have. Um, and it was part of like the core classes, you know, that everybody has to take. And, you know, and I feel like it's one of the most entertaining classes that you'll take, that, that you, you probably took in college. Um, because literally, literally everybody in the class gets an opportunity to talk about whatever they want. And then everybody else gets to critique them, which is, you know, it probably leads to some interesting moments. Um, but usually how it works is you have to do a certain uh, number of speeches throughout the semester and there are different types of speeches, like an introductory speech, uh, informative speech, persuasive speech. And so when, t- when the time came for me to do my persuasive speech, uh, I decided, being my naive 18-year-old self at the time, that I would try to persuade everyone that God created the earth. Now, I was at a Christian school, so I didn't think it was going to be a problem. Uh, and so you can imagine how that went over uh, when, it, when it came time for me to open the floor for questions, which was like part of the deal. You know, you got to the end you're, and you ask, are there any questions? Um, I, it was like an onslaught, okay? They're from like three, three people just were really not happy with me. And, and one of them in particular, uh, interestingly enough, was the son of Bill Green. Take a minute. You guys know who he is. Call Bill Green when you collide. Call 747-2455. Okay. Yes, his son. His son's name was Will. Will Green, and, and he was in my class, and we went back and forth for a little while about this, and he was very angry uh, with me, but and I, I finally just told him, I said, hey, man, you know, this is public speaking class, not debate class, okay? If you want to talk about it more later, we can, but for now, I'm done, and, and I took my USB out of the computer, and I went and sat down, and everybody clapped, and it was awesome. Now, to end this story well, I have to throw in this one detail. Fast forward a year later, and... Emily is taking her public speaking class at CSU with the same professor, and this professor had now added in her syllabus that you could no longer talk about controversial issues. And I was like, okay. It's it's like one of those moments where you're like, okay, you know, kind of sip your tea a little bit, you know what I mean? It's like, all right, I'll take that. Uh, So with that said, tonight we are concluding our series, Game Changers, where we've talked about attributes or actions that, if implemented, will make a significant impact or, uh, or make a significant difference in your faith, in your walk with Jesus for the better. And tonight, we're going to be talking about the power of words, the power of words. And, uh, and we know, you know, words have unbelievable power over our lives, positively and negatively. And so it's important as Christ followers to keep that in mind and be reminded of how important our words are. And, and tonight, we're going to keep it really simple, and, and I think this will be a great reminder for all of us. Several years ago, there was a, a movie that came out with Eddie Murphy called A Thousand Words. You guys, has anybody seen that movie? That's about what I expected, like two people. I, I'm the third, okay? Um, and basically, the premise was that he was like this, this smooth talker, who would say anything to get his way. And there's one, one scene in particular where he's standing in this long line at Starbucks and he fakes a phone call 
and he's, he's like on his phone. He's, this isn't a real conversation. And he's like, oh, she's in labor. And everyone's like, oh, cut to the front. And so he gets to skip to the front. And he's like, you know, he tries everything to get his way. And well, as the, the story goes, he, he makes a deal with this, this weird priest guy and this tree appears in his backyard. And every time he says a word, a leaf falls off the tree. And it turns out he has a thousand words left. And when they all fall off the tree, he dies. And the movie actually got 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm serious. I looked it up, 0%, um, believe it or not. Uh, but he's, he's freaking out and he's like choosing his words so wisely. And the whole premise of the movie, the whole idea is to learn how to use your words for good and not for bad. And so I wanna ask us tonight to get started if we knew our words were limited, how differently would we speak? If we knew our words were limited, how differently would we speak? And as we'll see in our, our verses for tonight, the, the power that lies in the tongue is far more than just positive or negative, good or bad, for better or for worse. According to scripture, the power that resides in the tongue is life or death. And so I wanna talk about tonight how to bring more life into what we say. So if you would, pray with me, and then we'll jump in to the verses for tonight. God, I thank you so much for, for bringing us here. God, I thank you for the opportunity that it is to uh, hear from your word. And God, I pray that you'd speak to us tonight, that, uh, that your voice would speak louder than my own and, uh, and that we would leave here closer to you than we walked in. God, we love you and we trust you with tonight. And everybody said together, amen. Awesome. Well, if you would, go ahead and uh, turn to or click on James chapter three. And uh, while you're turning to James chapter three, I can give you some context to what we're reading tonight. The book of James was actually the, the first written book of the New Testament. It was the first book written. And as you can see in, in the very first verse of the book, it, it says that it was written to the 12 tribes of the dispersion. And, and basically what, this, what that meant is that there was this group of people that, that made up the early church and in those times, they were being persecuted. And so they were dispersed and they were on the run for their lives. And James writes them this letter that ends up being the book of James in the Bible. And so when he writes to this group of persecuted people, he's being very blunt with them. He's, he's being very real with them and, and showing them how they need to be set apart from the world because they call themselves Christians. And in chapter three, James writes about the power of our words. And so let's read, this is James three, one through five, the beginning of verse five. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we, that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts, of great things. And so what we see is that James is painting the problem of the tongue. He says that, man, yeah, it's a small part of the body, but it can boast of great things. And, and I love it. It says that, that the only person who doesn't stumble in what he says must be a perfect person. And, and we know, right, perfect people, they don't exist. And so he's saying that everybody struggles with taming our tongue. And he compares it to the rudder of a ship or, or a bit in the mouth of a horse, something so small that, that can control and direct who we are. The way that we speak has incredible power over our lives. And so if the tongue is, is, a, is a rudder, or if you want to think about it like, a, like the bit in the mouth of a horse, 
I've heard it said that if you want to know where you'll be in five years, look at how you talk. If the tongue is a rudder, if you want to know where you'll be in five years, look at how you talk. The way that you talk guides and influences, uh, influences you and sends you in a direction. If you speak positively, even when it feels like maybe you shouldn't or don't want to, you're setting yourself on a good course. But if you find yourself talking negatively and you're critical and demeaning, well, you're setting yourself on a different course. And, and I believe, you know, there, there, are, there are two sides to this coin. You know, on one side, what other people say can affect you. And then on the other, what you say affects other people, right? And in terms of what other people say to us, we've probably experienced a lot, you know, especially in an age of social media where, where people like to be keyboard warriors and, and everyone is given a, a megaphone to their opinion. It's never been easier to be affected by words. And we know what it feels like, you know, to, to be on the other side of something hurtful that's been said to us. And, you know, isn't it true that you could hear a thousand compliments about yourself, but one negative thing, and you only remember the negative thing. It's so easy to remember the bad, but so hard to remember the good. I know, I know for me, I used to keep this, this like mental list of negative things that people had said to me, and I would use it as motivation, like to, to prove them wrong. And, and much of what I did, forgive me for saying it this way, but much of what I did became me trying to give this middle finger to everything that they had said. And that's just not a healthy spot to be in. And so that's, you know, that's how words can affect us. Now, on the other side of the coin, how we talk to others also affects them greatly. Whether it be what we say to them directly, if we gossip to them about somebody else, it could be the subject of the conversation. Other people are always affected by what you say, for better or worse. Words hold the power of life and death. The power of life and death resides in the tongue. And so I think all of us have found ourselves on both ends of this, of this issue, right? We, we've said things that we regret. We have a tendency to talk loosely. We, we, we gossip. We're overly critical. And then we've also been hurt by words. You know, we've been torn down. We, we've been insulted. Maybe, maybe we've even been verbally abused before. And we know the power of words, and then we know the problem of taming the tongue. We've experienced it. So what do we do about it? Let's keep reading. This is the rest of verse 5 through verse 12. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives? Or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. And so James is giving us some some strong images here, calling the tongue a fire, a world of unrighteousness, a restless evil, and full of deadly poison. And that one description, the, the, one, the one that really resonates so deeply with me, is calling it a fire. Because with our words, man, we can be so quick to burn things down, to burn down somebody's confidence, to, to burn down their reputation, to, to burn down their self-esteem. And in reality, this backfires on us, no pun intended. 
right? Because when we say hurtful things or, or talk in this way, it's a reflection on us and, and our issues, not the other person's. And, 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 you know, I could go on about how we talk. We just really covered that. But, but what do we do about it? And so as Christians, what we need to do is to draw a line in the sand. And, and that's exactly what James is telling us to do. He's saying, he's saying listen, you, you can't praise God and then curse people. You, you, can't, you can't worship God and then with the same mouth curse, curse those who are made in his image. No, no spring produces fresh salt water. A, a, a fig tree doesn't grow olives. There is a distinction made. There's a line drawn in the sand. And so James is telling us that if we're going to learn, if we're going uh, to claim Christ, then we need to watch how we talk. And so maybe instead of burning people, we need to start building people. Instead of burning people, we need to start building people. And so maybe you can draw that line in the sand tonight to, to, to make a, a conscious decision to, to stop burning people and instead start building them to encourage them, include them in conversations. Do your best to remember their name. That, that's a hard one. There's 12 new people here tonight. I'm gonna try my best to remember your names, but that's hard, but I try to do that. Craig Rochelle, he's a pastor in Oklahoma. He has this quote that has always stuck with me. He said, if you think something nice, say it. If you think something nice, say it. And I can tell you, I've applied that to my life, not perfectly, but it's been really cool to see how it affects people for the better. If you think something nice, say it. Even something as simple as maybe you think you like somebody's shirt, let them know. That kind of stuff goes a long way with people. And so how are people impacted when they interact with you? How are people impacted when they interact with you? Are they left built up? Are they left encouraged? Are they left happy? Or are they left discouraged? Are they left burned? Are they left down? I know some people, and I'm sure you do too, where you, you, know, you never leave a conversation with them thinking, yeah, that was awesome. That was great. You know what I mean? As Christ followers, we shouldn't be those people. We should be building people up, not burning them down. And how we speak to and about people should be radically different from the rest of the world. And we have an incredible example of this in Jesus. The way that, that he spoke to sinners, the way that he treated the outcasts, the way that he welcomed the, the marginalized. There, there, there are so many different examples of this. I, I just worked through in my own time the book of John. So I'll give you some examples from John. The woman at the well in John 4 didn't deserve the time of day from Jesus, but he spoke with her. The adulteress was going to be stoned in John chapter 8, but Jesus told her she was forgiven. He had a conversation with Peter in John 21 after Peter denied him. From beginning to end, Jesus' words carried intentionality, they carried power, and they carried grace. From repent and believe all the way to it is finished, the words of Jesus spoke truth. And they brought life into every interaction that he had. And so for us who, who live on the, the other side of the cross, we, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, the Spirit of God living inside of us. And because of that, yeah, we may not be able to tame our tongue in and of ourselves, but because of the gospel, our words can be redeemed and revolutionized because of what Jesus did for us. The gospel, it restores our heart. It secures our eternity. And that, and that works its way out in the way that we talk. That's when we understand the, the depth of our sin and when we begin to really realize what we've been saved from and what Jesus did for us, then we start to really understand that, man, I'm, I'm a sinner like everybody else. The, the, and when that happens, the grace in how we talk should be impacted, right? We have no right 
to burn people. We have no ground to stand on other than the ground we've been given by Jesus. And so if Jesus, who had every right to tear people down, chose not to, then we should do the same. Are we burning people or are we building people? And so I hope that was really simple for us tonight. Are we burning people or are we building people? There's power in our words. And so tonight we're going to end with communion. And we end every series with this. So the last week of every month, we, we, we do communion as a way to, to uh, really just put an exclamation point at the end of a month. And, um, and we do communion because the words of Jesus told us to. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And, um, and when we do communion, there's nothing, there's nothing holy and righteous about this certain bread or this certain grape juice. It, it, it's a symbol of how righteousness was given to us, of how holiness was given to us through the body and blood of Jesus. And so as you take communion tonight, I want to encourage you to, to take a moment and pray and think about how you can make changes in the way that you speak, to speak with more life and leave an impact and an imprint of Jesus on the people that you interact with. And trust in the gospel tonight to renew your heart, to redeem your heart, and watch as that makes its way out in the way that you speak. And so I'm going to pray. When you're ready, take a moment and pray about those things. When you're ready, come up, take a piece of bread, dip it, and eat. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for uh, an incredible night, God, and I thank you for the reminder of the power of our words, and God, that if we can can begin to let your spirit tame our tongue, if we can begin to speak with more life, God, I believe that we can really have the game changed in our faith. And so, God, I pray for the person in here like myself who, who has a tendency to burn people, God would instead make a conscious decision to draw a line in the sand like James told us to do and instead start building people. And God, we thank you for the grace that you gave us though we didn't deserve it. God, we thank you that, that though you had every right to tear us down, you chose to build us up. And so God, I pray that that grace would start making its way out in the way that we speak and the way that we treat people. And I also wanna pray, God, for those of you who, or th- those of us in here tonight who, who maybe have been burned by somebody, that maybe we need to take a step of forgiveness, that maybe we've been carrying around unforgiveness in our heart for someone who, who has burned us. God, I pray that we'd let that go tonight, that we would forgive that person and use that as a, as a, as a motivation to, to not burn others. So God, again, I thank you for the cross tonight. I thank you for what you did for us. And I pray as we go into this time of communion, we'd make a decision to start speaking with more life. We love you in Jesus' name, amen.